Hi, and welcome to our show, Forever Paranormal, with your host, Dr. Bill and Ed, where we will discuss such things as cryptids, UFOs, hauntings, angels, unsolved mysteries, government conspiracies and cover-ups, witchcraft, the metaphysical, and more, as well as stories sent in by you, our listeners. If we can connect a paranormal element to it, we'll talk about it. And you may be surprised by what all is connected to the paranormal. Please don't forget to follow, rate, and share the show, since it would not be possible without you, our listeners. And as a public service, we would like to let everyone know that you are truly never alone, even if you think you are. The Suicide and Crisis Lifeline is 988. Just reach out. Hi, on this episode, we're going to touch base on several subjects at once and how they may or may not all be connected. How are you, Deb? Doing well. How are you? Oh, I'm happy to be here. Another day. (laughs) We're going to talk about an urban legend cryptid called The Rake, which has appeared on mainstream TV shows, multiple wiki pages, many YouTube channels, and even has books written about it. We'll also touch on universal consciousness and manifestations as it relates to the rake. What's the scoop on the rake? Well, the rake is supposedly a humanoid monster about six feet tall when standing, but usually crouches and walks on all fours. It's said to be hairless with very pale skin. It's supposed to have a blank face, like no nose and no mouth. However, it does have two or three solid green eyes, with one in the middle if it only has three, which are towards the back of the head, depending on which description you get. When it attacks, the mouth that it's not supposed to have opens up like it's hinged at the skull, at the chin, and reveals many tiny doll teeth. So are there different species of the rake or different stories? I think uh, it's a bunch of different stories kind Um, of grown over time. mm -hmm. Because the rake got started on 4chan's bulletin board and creepypasta when an anonymous user posted a thread where he uploaded many ideas of new monsters, of new types of monsters to the website. This is the one that stuck. Then a creepypasta fictional story said it was seen many times in upstate New York, and it grew from there. Then people started posting research, in air quotes, on 4chan's and creepypasta. That sounds pretty much like what I found on the internet. Yeah, well, here's some of the posted research I found according to Wiki. A 1964 suicide note read, As I prepare to take my life, I feel it necessary to assuage any guilt or pain I have introduced to this act. It is not the fault of anyone other than him. For once I awoke and felt his presence, and once I awoke and saw his form, and once again I awoke and heard his voice and looked into his eyes. I cannot sleep without fear, or what I might next awake to experience. I cannot ever wake again. Goodbye. This suicide note was found in the same wooden box where two empty envelopes were addressed to William and Rose and one loose personal letter that read, Dearest Lenny, I have prayed for you. He spoke your name. Another comes from a Mariner's Log in 1691, which reads, He came to me in my sleep from the foot of my bed. I felt a sensation. He took everything. We must return to England. 
we shall not return here again at the request of the rake. Then we have the supposed eyewitness account from 2006, which reads, Three years ago I had just returned from a trip from Niagara Falls with my family for the 4th of July. We were all very exhausted after a long day of driving, so my husband and I put the kids right to bed and called it a night. At about 4 a.m., I woke up thinking my husband had gotten up to use the restroom. I used a moment to steal back the sheets, only to wake him in the process. I apologized and told him I thought he had gotten out of bed. When he turned to face me, he gasped and pulled his feet up. From the end of the bed, so quickly his knee almost knocked me out of bed. He then grabbed me and said nothing. After adjusting to the dark for a half a second, I was able to see what caused the strange reaction. At the foot of the bed, sitting and facing away from us, there was what appeared to be a naked man or a large hairless dog of some sort. Huh? Uh-huh. Its body position was disturbing and unnatural, as if it had been hit by a car or something. For some reason, I was not instantly frightened by it, but more concerned as to its condition. At this point, I was somewhat under the assumption that we were supposed to help him. My husband was peering over his arm and knee, tucked into a fetal position, occasionally glancing at me before returning to the creature. In a flurry of motion, the creature scrambled around the side of the bed and then crawled quickly into a flailing sort of motion right alongside the bed until it was less than a foot from my husband's face. The creature was completely silent for about 30 seconds, or probably closer to five. It just seemed like a while to me, and he was just looking at my husband. The creature then placed its hand on his knee and ran into the hallway leading to the kids' room. I screamed and ran for the light switch, planning to stop him before he hurt my children. When I got to the hallway, the light from the bedroom was enough to see, crouching and hunched over about 20 feet away. He turned around and looked directly at me. Covered in blood, I flipped a switch on the wall to see my daughter, Clara. The creature ran down the stairs while my husband and I rushed in to help our daughter. She was very badly injured and spoke only once more in her short life. She said, he is the rake. My husband drove his car into the lake that night while rushing our daughter to the hospital. They did not survive. I guess they didn't know to dial 911 or something like that, huh? <laughs> Being a small town, news got around pretty quickly. The police were helpful at first, and the local newspapers took a lot of interest as well. However, the story was never published, and the local television news never followed up on it either. For several months, my son Justin and I stayed in a hotel near my parents' house. because they were independently wealthy, too. Mm-hmm. After we decided to return home, I began looking for answers myself. I eventually located a man in the next town over who had a similar story. We got in contact and began talking about our experiences. He knew of two other people in New York who had seen the creature, so we now referred to him as the Rake. It took the four of us about two solid years of hunting on the internet and writing letters, it's probably because they don't exist, mm-hmm. to come up with a small collection of what we believe to be accounts of the rake. None of them gave any details, history or follow-up. One journal had an entry involving the creature on its first three pages, and another mentioned it again in a ship's log, explained nothing of the encounter, saying only that they were told to leave by the rake. That was the last entry in the log. There were, however, many instances where the creature's visit was one of a series of visits with the same person. 
Multiple people also mentioned being spoken to, my daughter included. This led us to wonder if the rake had visited us any before our last encounter. I set up a digital recorder near my bed and left it running all night, every night, for two weeks. I would tediously scan through the sounds of me rolling around in my bed each day when I woke up. By the end of the second week, I was quite used to the occasional sound of sleep while blurring through the recording at eight times the normal speed. It still took almost an hour every day. On the first day of the third week, I thought I'd heard something different. What I found was a shrill voice. Yes, it was the rake. I can't listen to it long enough to even begin to transcribe it. I haven't let anyone listen to it yet. All I know is that I've heard it before, and I now believe that it spoke when it was sitting in front of my husband. I don't remember hearing anything at that time, but for some reason, the voice on the recorder immediately brings me back to that moment. The thoughts that must have gone through my daughter's head make me very upset. I have not seen the rake since he ruined my life, but I know that he has been in my room while I slept. I know and fear that one night I'll wake up and see him staring at me. Well, if this story is true, I feel for this person, however... It is written in such a descriptive way that it is quite unbelievable. Yeah, it, it is really unbelievable. But, you know, Deb, sightings from around the world continue today. So this raises a few questions. Because from our research, we know that the rake was created in a fictional story. Mm -hmm. We know the re by our research that and the research done, that it was a collaboration on 4chan's bulletin board and creepypasta. So why are people still seeing it and reporting it today? There are YouTube channels showing videos and images and pages dedicated to avoiding and eradicating the rake. One urban legend has it as an evil worker for the Slender Man, but he's a topic for another time. So are these people all making up the sightings and stories? Or has universal consciousness somehow manifested this creature? We already know that it's a made-up story, but please tell us what universal consciousness is. Well, universal consciousness is a concept that started with the Greek philosopher Anaxagoras around 480 B.C. and basically states that all thought from every person is universal and all people's thoughts are connected either by what is known as the Akashic Records or some other Sikhia connection. It is said that our subconscious mind is the one that is tied to universal consciousness. Then we have manifestation that comes into play. How does manifestation tie into it? Well, manifestation is energy, including our thoughts and intentions. Energy is constant. It never changes. Manifestation occurs when thoughts, words, and feelings are aligned. If we focus our thoughts and feelings upon love, joy, and abundance rather than fear, lack, grief, resentment, or anger, the energies will align and manifest love, joy, and abundance. Setting our intention alone cannot produce what we desire. We must follow through with the energetic levels and the right order of thoughts and feelings. If you think of evil and bad thoughts all the time, or people keep thinking of the rake, could it possibly change that energy out there in the universe? With universal consciousness, too many people thinking about this and can actually create this being. 
I don't think we'll ever know unless somebody actually slabs one and stabs one and puts it on the table and we get a look at it. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we do know it's a made-up story and we do know it was concocted. So we can look at it with all these things being covered all the time going, well, we know this is a lot of crap, mm-hmm. right? All right, Deb, well, thank you for joining with me on this episode. and uh, Absolutely. And I hope our listeners enjoyed it, and I'll come back for round two, which will be dropping in a week. And I believe this one is going to be talking about how Duke University has ties to the paranormal. Thank you for listening, and remember to like and share the show. We would also appreciate a five-star rating wherever possible to help new listeners find the show. We welcome all questions or comments you may have about this or any other episode, and our contact information can be found in the show notes of this episode. You can also follow us at foreverparanormal.com. And if you'd like to support us, you can buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com forward slash foreverparanormal. The links to these are also in the show notes of this episode. (laughs) 